Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Jane Parmel, and she is an international best-selling author, speaker, and efficiency and profitability coach. Uh, ever since she was a child, she's always loved uh, efficiency. And so uh, she is the creator of the ARMED program, and uh, she has worked with many restaurateurs, caterers, and chefs for over 30 years in the uh, food industry and hospitality industry. And she, uh, her specialty as a result is helping uh, restaurants and people who work in the food industry to uh, improve their business and, uh, and increase profitability. Uh, that industry has obviously been hard hit from the pandemic, but things weren't easy for them prior to the pandemic, as uh, these are folks who work very long hours and, and work very hard. Uh, she has a, a degree from Brooklyn College, and um, you know I graduated from Baruch, so CUNY has a special place in my heart, of course. <laughs> so uh, we are very excited to have Jane here as a guest, and uh, she's a very busy woman, so she was able to carve out some time in her pack schedule to sit down and have a chat with us so we are so fortunate and blessed i guess to start off uh can you tell us about uh your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today sure well thank you for having me uh luke i really appreciate this opportunity um my background is basically in education um if you want to find a great manager find somebody that has have to control 35 prepubescent uh, children in a classroom, it pretty much uh, teaches you what expectations are, rules, boundaries, and things. But that's my my schooling background. My other life was as an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur at that. I had several different businesses, uh, usually wrapped around the hospitality industry in event management and event planning uh, for over 25 years. And um, it gave me the opportunity to work with, with, for, um, in association with, however you'd like to put it, a lot of restaurants, food service um, people, and um, really I watched the way they struggle. And my in-laws own a, a quite large establishment in Brooklyn, and I've always watched how they, they and their workers and cousins all struggle with the time and, and the effort and Really, um, you know, it's good for some. It's great bottom line at some points, but um, the hours that they lose and the money that they leave on the table really impacted me the way it can be so easily corrected. That's why I do what I do now. Wonderful. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I can only imagine, uh, obviously, being a teacher uh, of 35 kids, many of whom, if not all of them, could be unruly, so uh, uh, <laughs> I know how tough that is, um, and of course, I used to be one of those unruly kids in the classroom, so yes, I I can imagine, I can only imagine, um, so, uh, <laughs> I doubt you were that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I wasn't, uh, oh. but uh, it's, it, it, it's interesting, um, you said you were a serial entrepreneur uh, for uh, over two and a half decades, and particularly you worked with a lot of people in the restaurant industry. And it definitely is a tough uh, industry. 
you know, you, you watch all these shows, uh, I think with Gordon Ramsay, um, <laughs> and I guess you could see how tough it could be. And so you saw how hard your in-laws worked and you mm-hmm. saw how a lot of times money and profits could fall through the, you know, slip through, you know, obviously the fingers of folks and it's so easy to correct. So I, I can only imagine, um, you know, mm-hmm. how tough it is and whatnot. Um, I'm curious. Now, obviously, uh, you've been working with these kinds of folks for a long time, and we we all got hit with that sucker punch. You know what I'm talking about, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm curious. Now, obviously, um, it, it was it, no one saw it coming. I, I'm, what challenges uh, has the pandemic posed, if any? I mean, for me, for me and my business, it's it's been a point of pivoting, really. Um, a lot of my work can be done virtually. It's nicer when you can get up in front of somebody and meet them and let them, you know, really see the kind of person you are, and you can find out how they work and and um, how they interact with their staff and their um, families, their vendors in person. It, it just it helps um, with the pandemic, um, the way it, it's, it's impacted. It's made it a little more difficult, a little more challenging. Um, but in some ways, uh, it's actually been a plus because for me personally, um, I can hit more people. I can get to more people um, because I don't have to drive. I don't have to go there. I don't have to worry about parking and all of that. That being said, um, it's also opened the door for me to meet with a lot more people that are interested in not leaving the money on the table because what they did and the focus that they always had, that the one thing that they did to make them the money and, and give them that fulfillment was literally pulled out from under them. So um, it gives me the opportunity. It's been giving me the opportunity to meet with more people um, to help them figure out how to make that pivot, how to continue um, with different opportunities that they may not have thought of before and get more money back in their pockets and not just sitting out there and saying, oh, I could have, should have, would have. Hmm. Wonderful. That's amazing. So uh, obviously you have a lot of experience in helping restaurants, uh, owners and whatnot, and obviously that, that's helped, you, helped them, of course. Through these tough mm-hmm. times. You, you mentioned, um, I, I wrote this down and put it in quotes, a point of pivoting, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, <laughs> uh, it's interesting. The, you know, they say life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And you did a lot exactly. of great responding. <laughs> so you um, essentially switched to communicating with folks uh, by Zoom, I'm guessing, and, and talking to people online and whatnot. And uh, so that's obviously that kind of technology has been a godsend. It's been a plus for you. So it saves you time and money on driving and finding a place to park and whatnot. (laughs) And and so as a result, you're obviously able to help more people. And a lot restaurants are actually having more issues because of the pandemic. But you, my understanding is you've been able to help these restaurants obviously uh, save money, make more money to still, uh, I suppose, in many cases, stay in business which is great and wonderful. Um, you know, it's interesting how some restaurants shuttered their doors, but others mm-hmm. with the same kind of event happening, obviously, they they were able to sort of change things around and fix things and still stay in business, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And obviously with the help of coaches like yourself and others, 
Um, I, I'm curious. Now, obviously, there's going to be a time when the pandemic uh, goes away for the most part, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, with the ramped up distribution of vaccines and whatnot. Um, where do you see things going in the future, and where do you see yourself in that future? Well, I mean, the pandemic, thankfully, like you said, is coming. Hopefully, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's coming to an end. Um, what I foresee with the restaurant industry on the whole is is the need for um, another set of eyes, another set of ears, thinking more out of the box and not just being dependent, those restaurant owners not just being dependent on that main focus. Um, of course, the food and the service and the and hospitality, the things that they're known for are key to their success. However, I think that the thought of having stuff, the, the, the periphery, the stuff that's on the outside, the, the cookbooks, the mm. apparel, the video classes, all of those things that really don't take much more effort than they're already putting in, that can be put into a, a regular workday, I think that in the future it's going to become something that restaurateurs will understand can help them increase mm. their revenue increase their profitability, and give them that little bit um, of buffer that, mm-hmm. that if this happens again, if this if this, these shutdowns and things hap- were to happen again, they could mm-hmm. at least have some type of cushion to get them to the insurance check or to the PPP program, whatever it is. It's not just about the pandemic. It's about the little fires that we we could look at like something small, not a global occurrence, but it could be the major thing that impacts their business, a flood, a fire, um, you know, something happening in their community where they cannot work. We've seen different things with, uh, you know, protest marches and, and other, uh, you know, inst- instances that may not have occurred, pandemic or not. Um, and it, it, it impacts business. And I think that this would be a way for them to just say, okay, our main focus was impacted but we have this to fall back on for now. It'll help us get through it. It won't just be down to zero. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. And to, to sort of have a plan B, uh, mm-hmm. when in case something happens, you never know uh, when a crisis could hit. It could be a flood or whatnot. It could be another flu pandemic. They say that's possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> It's interesting. Um, you know, it actually reminds me of the advice I was given that I think I read from Susie Orman, Susie, Or's, Susie Orman, about the idea of having a you know a rainy day fund in case of an emergency to have six to twelve months of savings just in case you lose your job, everything, and whatnot. Exactly. And it's um, and I was also reading another article saying that a high percentage of families wouldn't be able to handle a four hundred dollar emergency, which is um, which is really sad. Um, right. Yeah, but it, it really yeah. is just like you said. I'm sorry. Um, it, sure. The when you say someone like Susie Orman, who's a who's a financial professional, um, and especially wrapped around planning, if it's good enough for you as a as a personal savings rainy day fund, why shouldn't you have that for your business? Right. Absolutely. That cushion. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. that word. I love it. And um, so, um, obviously, you help a lot of these folks a great deal. And um, I'm curious, uh, 
there are some people who may look at the idea of a business coach and may roll their eyes and be skeptical and cynical about it and say, why would I pay someone money to give me advice and whatnot? Um, you know, I could, maybe I could do this on my own, read a book or, or whatnot. I mean, what would you say to those people? I would say something like, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, you could try to do it on your own. And part of the problem with that is you get hit from so many different sizes, sides you have somebody that says, do this, and then the next person says, don't do that. And all these things that you're reading and watching and, and really are, are distractions. With coaching, listen, the industry has exploded. And yeah. it's, everybody's a coach. Everybody's a, a professional coach. and this, A lot of people don't have credentials. A lot of people don't have the training. Um, however... I will say this to you. A guy like Michael Jordan always had a coach. A guy like um, um, Kobe Bryant always had a coach. Professional players, whether they be in sport, gambling, you name it, they have coaches. They want to get to the highest level that they can possibly be at, and if that means the mechanics and the foundations have to be attended to by a coach, then that's Mm. what they need to do. Um, my background is actually in physical education. So that coaching mentality has always been there. It's no, this is the way to, this is the way to pick up the ball. This is the way to kick it. This is the way to do that. It's the same mentality that you should have around business. Mm -hmm. You, you work out to to maintain your fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to work out your business. You need to find the things that work for your business to maintain its fitness. Otherwise, it will collapse under you. So for me, working with a coach is is tantamount. You you need to do that. And any coach that you do find, if they tell you they don't have a coach, I mm. wouldn't work with them. Mm. Wow. So a coach has to practice what they preach and have a coach. You got um, it. Love that. Um, thank you so much for that. And it's interesting how a lot of the great athletes obviously have coaches, even though they're very knowledgeable about uh, fitness and their sport and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting how, you know, when you come, when it comes to the books, obviously different books say different things. And there's, you know, so many books out there, but people aren't really implementing any of it. Uh, I, I've noticed, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, uh, I think everyone should have a coach, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously a business coach like yourself or a life coach. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think coaching is so important because coaches provide that accountability. You know, um, obviously uh, a book or a magazine article or a blog or social media post can't hold you accountable the way a a living, breathing human being who knows what he or she is talking about can. And so... Uh, and obviously, yeah, a coach can give you uh, suggestions that are customized and tailored to you that, a, that mm-hmm. a book can't. The books are more obviously general, of course. So um, definitely think there is something to coaching. I think it's something people need to uh, consider. Uh, I think I've heard so many stories about how life coaches, business coaches have made a huge difference, have shaped years off people's uh, le- uh, you know, learning curve or whatnot, and I think there is something to that, having different coaches in different areas. So you said something before that uh, there's been an explosion in coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed that as well. Um, I was reading an article about how business coaches, the number of business coaches might double by the end of the year. And 
Yeah, I'm curious that there are obviously a lot of coaches out there. Some are lacking in the training experience and credentials that you have, of course. And um, I, I was wondering um, what um, what competitive advantage do you have as a coach? Um, what do you do better than perhaps many of the other coaches that are out there? Um, what I think that people have pointed out to me is um, I try to maintain a, a very high level of authenticity. Um, with me is, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm going to ask the uncomfortable questions. I'm going to um, propose things. M- my my point as coach is to actually get you to think about what you're doing. Uh, it's not necessarily to guide you to the answer per se, or give you the answer, I should say. It is to guide you along that path to get you to that answer so that you're able to do it on your own. And and basically mm-hmm. what we were talking about with the difference, like you said, all these articles and blog posts and videos, um, they give you the information, but it's, it's either generic or mm-hmm. it may not apply to what you need answered. With a coach, what you're doing is you are looking at the situation, you're studying the whole and then you are coming in and saying, okay, what if you tried this? What if you did that? Um, it, it's it's getting you to exercise down that path to figuring to be able to be figuring it out for yourself. So when a situation arises, you would think back to, hey, listen, when I was working with, you know, John, John was great and he told me to think this way. Let's see, would it apply in this situation? Maybe a different coach for a different situation, like you said, had a mm. different methodology to get you to think. And that's really what the coaches are, and that's, that's what I like to do. I like to do that when I was teaching. I loved that, that light bulb moment when, when, you know, the kid finally got it, mm-hmm. when you were teaching a lesson, whatever it was on. Um, you could see, like, oh, wow, that's what you meant. That's what I look for, and that's what sets me apart um, is my authenticity and the fact that I probably won't leave you alone until you get to that point where you go, oh, that's what you meant. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I loved how you talked about uh, that authenticity. Uh, I'm guessing you tell them the truth, even if it hurts a little mm-hmm. bit uh, or a lot of mm-hmm. it. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes uh, self-employed people, they're surrounded by employees or yes men and yes women who may not want to tell them things they don't want to hear. Uh, I think that's very common. <laughs> yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of employees may you know they'll say things behind the back of the employer, but never to their face that they may need to hear because maybe they're worried about endangering their paycheck, of course. But right. as a coach, you can come in there right and tell them um, what they need to hear. And you know, I, I love how you talked about the light bulb moment. Um, you you help guide folks because I think one of the big misconceptions about a coach is that people think a coach will come in and just tell you what to do, which turns them which may turn them off. But as a coach, you sort of guide them, you help them figure it out on their own, and help them you know when they get that light bulb moment. Um, I'm sure right. it must be exciting for them and for you, of course. And um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you talked a lot about how there's a lot of information out there. It's not clear whether the information applies to the individual or whatnot. But I've noticed that there's so many books, uh, but um, people aren't really finding a lot of success in general. So there's so many books people read, but it's not really being implemented. And I think coaching right. provides that link. 
And uh, so it's not enough, obviously, for people to read a book because it's not, it's not, that alone hasn't been working. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I was interviewing another guest who told me about um, shelf help. It's, uh, you know, self-help, shelf help. You know, so okay. many books <laughs> and so many people get tied down to shelf help. And uh, so that always kind of stuck with me. And so right. um, it's interesting. Uh, now, as a coach as well, you can give that kind of outsider perspective to a business mm-hmm. owner um, that maybe, you know, you, you can look at things from a different angle because you're sort of, you don't have that emotional attachment in the business. You're not missing the forest exactly. or the trees. You can, right? Mm-hmm. You, um, so uh, I think there is something to that. And uh Interestingly to note, uh, my understanding is there's a there's going to be an entrepreneurial explosion happening. Um, mm-hmm. So business coaches are very well positioned. So many people want to actually start a, a business now, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting. So I think the demand for coaching will definitely go up. I, I guess that may be fueling the explosion in coaching, so to speak. But I, I think you're very right. well positioned because you have experience, you have credentials and whatnot. And so that's amazing. Um, so, uh, it's curious that, uh, when it comes to networking, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is something that can help a lot of business owners, um, you know, get to the point where they mostly or solely rely on referrals perhaps. And we met on LinkedIn, uh, through a networking mm-hmm. platform. So something to right. that, um, and not just for entrepreneurs, but for people who are looking for jobs who are unemployed or who have a job or want a better job or just want to have a plan B, realizing their job may not be secure. No job is mm-hmm. truly secure. What, what <laughs> networking advice would you give to people? I think the best networking advice I could give is, I mean, don't ever poo-poo uh, networking. It works. But it has to be purposeful and it has to be focused. I have been in groups like BNI. I have been uh, attending cold networking, you know, business card exchanges. And to be honest with you, um, the cold exchanges just really don't go anywhere because people are, I think they're basically to collect, um, you know, uh, at one time business cards, but just Mm -hmm. to connect um, names and things. And then don't know that they ordinarily are good fit, are a good fit when they meet. Um, BNI, I I was in, I thought it was great. It is great for certain industries, certain certain professionals, but again, it has to be, a, you know, qualified, and I think that's the most important thing with networking. You have to keep searching until you find groups or platform that has the ability to almost do like a pre-filtering for you that, that are your people, the people that you need to mm-hmm. meet. Um, right. doing, it, doing it otherwise, doing it just throwing, throwing a wide net, um, I don't know that that works very much, but that's the first part of networking. And the second part of networking is really making those connections. Yes, you get the cards. Yes, you get the names. Then connect with them off the platform, off the event, off whatever, however you met them, and actually make an honest-to-God connection. And I think that's the most important part. Um, if you become overwhelmed with the amount of networking that you're doing, a lot of connections will fall by the wayside. So. I think those are the two most important things. Really take it seriously. Find your people. Find your, your tribe, the, the people that will be um, what focused where you, focused on networking, basically, and then move on from there. Make sure you make those connections. Wonderful. 
I think that's great advice. And, you know, it's interesting how so many people aren't following it. I go, I go to networking events when we used to have them, and and I'd get business cards, but no one ever emailed me a follow-up. I, I was the one who did that. And mm-hmm. uh, so, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned how with networking has to be purposeful. I totally agree with that. Um, that's why I love LinkedIn. Uh, because it allows mm-hmm. you to do targeted networking. I was able to reach out to you because I was trying to reach out to B2B professionals and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes with the networking I was doing beforehand, it was, um, uh, you know, maybe kind of random, but I wanted to kind of target it and have it, have my networking have a purpose, like you had mentioned. And mm-hmm. you talk a lot about you want to you follow up with the person you always want to do that. It's not just about exchanging the card and you never see them or hear from them again. And um, right. And you mentioned before um, the idea of not being overwhelmed by so many connections. Um, so uh, I think that kind of appeals to me because I, I've sort of been stretching myself too thin with my network, making it very wide and not deep. So I have to focus on mm-hmm. building relationships, going deep and whatnot, as you mentioned. And so Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's amazing advice that you, you shared when it comes to networking. Um, I'm curious, uh, what advice uh, would you give to folks who are listening to you and who say, you know, I want to do what Jane's doing. You know, I want to be a coach. Uh, mm-hmm. This seems exciting. Um, what would you uh, say to that individual? Um, first thing I would say is have a tough skin. Um, you, if you are the type of person that is extremely sensitive and um, takes things to heart, uh, I think depending on your industry, you really have to uh, be prepared for, uh, what's that saying, be prepared for the, hope for the best, be prepared for the worst. Um, mm-hmm. Because you are helping people, because people have preconceived notions of what you're coming in to do. You said before, uh, a lot of people think coaches come in and tell you what to do. The job of a coach is to be a guide, to help a person get to the position, the the, the place they want to be with guidance, with help, but not give them the answers. Um, and I think, I think people get frustrated with that sometimes. People expect way too much. Um, if you want to be a coach, the tough skin is, is the first thing. And then the second thing is um, you, I think you have to have tremendous organizational skills to keep everything uh, in its place and all your clients happy. Um, and I think it's it's a good thing. If you're, if you're comfortable helping people, I think that coaching is very rewarding, and I think it can be rewarding for, for you and the client. And... Um, yeah, I would tell somebody, if this is what you really want, decide where you want to focus and go after it. Go for it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that advice. And you said the key is you have to have that touch skin. Um, it may not be for the faint of heart or for extremely sensitive individuals, something uh, people need to consider. Um, you know, I, my understanding as a coach is obviously you have to deal with a lot of people with difficult personalities, of course, you know, business owners who, <laughs> a lot of them are type A, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> so, uh, and you mentioned how as a business coach, you're a guide and some, co- some clients may want to be told exactly what to do, but that's not exactly how a coach functions, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they sort of guide you and try to help the client figure things out on their own, which is the best way 
to do it because obviously you know people need to figure out the why, um, not just uh, the how, uh, you know how things right. work and, and whatnot. If they could figure it out on their own, they're more committed, they're more invested in in the change and doing it. I suppose. So mm-hmm. uh, you also and one, mentioned one how. Thing, sure. I'm sorry. One thing I wanted to add with that is you know when you especially when you're doing coaching, especially business coaching. You have to remember that a lot of people that you are going to be dealing with in in um, in small businesses uh, or, or medium-sized businesses, a lot of them became entrepreneurs because they didn't want a boss and mm. they didn't want to have to answer to anyone. So you have to put that, keep that in mind. You have to remember that as a coach, your place is to assist and not to um, be the caretaker. I think that that's um, very important too. As, as a woman, you tend to uh, want to take care of everybody and fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of that, I think you just really have to keep in mind these people that you're working with, especially in the small business arena, want, didn't want a boss to begin with, and they may be a little tough on you. So mm-hmm. that's, again, mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Wow. That's amazing. Um, thank and and that's so true. I could totally see that. Obviously, that's why so many people go work for themselves because they don't want to work for anyone else. And uh, so, definitely, um, you have to uh, coaches have to be wary of this kind of uh, thing uh, when it comes to uh, self-employed individuals. And you also mentioned how you have to have great organizational skills and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only imagine if when you're dealing with lots of clients, you have to be organized with your schedule mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And the, um, you know, cause obviously uh, when I first spoke with you, I, you had a system, you had a link about, I think it was like a calendar link and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I could see that with you very organ, very organized and whatnot. And so the other thing is um, you mentioned how it's a great job for people uh, it's a rewarding job if you're someone who loves to help people, and I'm guess I'm guessing that this is a profession that you have to go into it if you want to help people. It can't be just just the money. Um, that can't be the sole motivation. It has to be no. you have to have a passion for businesses and helping business owners. Um, exactly. And, right. So definitely, um, people can't just go into this with just dollar signs in their eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I imagine. You have to want to uh, deeply, genuinely, authentically want to help people. I I remember um, listening to Oprah Winfrey talk, and she said that she did what she did because she loves what she does, and, and the money's just a bonus. I mm-hmm. truly understand that and believe that. So um, definitely okay. thank you so much for that great advice. And I'm curious, uh, what advice – would you give to an entrepreneur who's who's looking for a coach and says, you know what, I'm convinced uh, I should try this coaching thing out. How, um, obviously, they can go to you, which I think is a great decision, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, <Thanks. laughs> but what if you're busy, you're, let's say you're on vacation or whatnot, and maybe you can't have every business in the world be a client, <laughs> of course. <Okay. laughs> How should they go about <laughs> looking for a coach? Well, I mean, the same the same way that I was saying to you about networking, you really have to decide what you want to do. As, as an entrepreneur, um, you have to decide what direction you want to go in. And I think that um, when you're looking for a coach, it's, of course, someone that you feel at ease with, someone that um, you connect with genuinely um, and, mm-hmm. and fairly quickly because, you know, you're talking about, 
You're talking about terms of time, maybe six months or a year that you would be working with a coach. So it's somebody that you really have to have. Um, you get you have to get that good vibe from to begin with, mm. and then you have to be able to communicate with, and that mm. will be key. If you can't, if you're not in a, at a point as a business owner or an executive or or just you know a regular person going to work every day, mm. if you're not at a point where you are going to be open to advice or um, suggestions, mm. you have to get to that point where you can take criticisms or, or um, critiquing, whatever you want to call it, you have to be able to take feedback. And mm. if you're one of the, those people that can't, um, you have to work on that before you can even think about working with a coach because they're going to tell you. They're going to put it in right in front of you, right in your face and say, mm, this is not working. Um, you have to be open to that. You have to be open to the fact that they are coming in and whatever their foundation is wrapped around, whether it's business or life coaching or, or whatever it is, um, you have to understand where they're coming from, the coach, where the mm. coach is, is, is their experience and what they're coming from. Do you need to instruct the coach a little bit? Yes, you do. You need to be truthful and open. And again, mm. if you're not at that level as a business owner, coaching is not for you. Read another book and see if you can come to uh, uh, another, another solution because – it, it'll just be wasted money. Wonderful. Bob, thank you so much for that. And you mentioned how it has to be someone obviously you vibe with, have a good vibe with mm-hmm. and trust, because obviously you'll be sharing intimate details about your life and business with this individual. And uh, you mentioned how you have to be able to take uh, feedback and take criticism and whatnot. And so I guess for the client, um, they also have to have tough skin if uh, mm-hmm. they handle the feedback and whatnot. <laughs> And um, obviously, as the co- you wanted, uh, the client should be truthful uh, with the coach and tell them everything that's mm-hmm. going on and whatnot, um, which is great uh, advice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, business owners have to come at that place if they if they truly want the uh, the the benefit of coaching. And, and so, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing, excellent advice. So um, thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I guess um, as a bonus question, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, there's um, obviously, uh, I'm sure you're aware, there's a high failure rate uh, when it comes to businesses. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. particularly maybe with restaurants as well, but with businesses in general, most new businesses fail within the first couple of years. I'm curious, mm-hmm. um, what advice uh, just in general would you give to entrepreneurs, uh, people who want to start a business, so we can, um, you know, turn those numbers around. And I, and first, can you explain why the failure rate is so high? I believe that the failure rate is high for two reasons. One, um, funding. I don't think that people realize how much things actually cost until they get into uh, into the business build so deeply that they can't help but now start throwing more and more money at things. Um, and I don't know that they know all the all the the parameters that are encompassed by uh, opening up a business. Um, Going back to when I started, we opened up a children's party center because we were both teachers, my partner and I, and um, we opened up this, this place and never realized here in New York, um, you know, you put your garbage out at night and you you put the garbage can out at night and the the nice white truck comes down the the block and they pick Mm -hmm. up the garbage and they go away. Um, mm. I didn't know that as a business you had to pay for private carding. 
wow. when you're a small business, that came as a shock to us. And it was to at the time this was when dinosaurs roamed the earth was two hundred dollars <laughs> a month. And we had a very, very small container. It was two hundred dollars a month. And I've been in with restaurateurs that literally tell me that again, because of the, the, the volume that they do, their garbage pickup for private carting can run six to eight thousand dollars a month. Wow. That is that is an executive salary, you know. I mean, wow. uh, uh, you know, or at least a manager's salary. That is huge, and I don't know that people that you know. Oh, I love baking. I want to open up my own bakery. So they do, and they're taking everything else into account, and they're not taking into account the licensing and this that. And I think wow. that that's the crux of the problem with businesses failing so early in their in their infancy, is because these 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 Bills come out of nowhere. People really, really need to do their homework. They need to not just take the the thing that they're passionate about or the hobby that they have and just Mm -hmm. jump into it. They have to understand a little bit of the business side. We did that. I mean, again, I was 27 years old. I was um, fed up with teaching and and administrative hassles, Mm -hmm. and I decided to go into business with a friend of mine. And we got hit left and right because we didn't mm. do our homework. We didn't know everything um, that we needed to know. We did have mm. a lot of people that were in our in our um, family and in our in mm. our circle of friends that were business owners. But the difference was they were business owners that were making um, quite a bit of money. They were quite large, and to speak to us, where we were a, a, a mini or a micro business. It doesn't translate well. So you Mm -hmm. really have to think about, too, once you're in business or once you're getting ready to open up that business, talk to the people that would be your competitors. Um, You don't want to talk to the guy down the block that owns the pizzeria because you're opening up a pizzeria. Go a little bit outside where you are and ask. Talk to professionals. Get involved in a group before you start doing these things. I don't think there's enough education, per se, in what people are doing before they do it. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for that. And I think that's great advice. So you mentioned the, the two reasons why um, business, uh, a lot of new businesses fail. The first is the funding. They get hit with the, a lot of these um, unexpected or hidden expenses like the garbage and whatnot, and it can, it can run very high. And mm-hmm. the second reason you said is because lack of doing homework, so to speak. Um mm-hmm that you have to know all the details. You have to speak with a lot of people and talk, you know, with competitors or similar types of businesses, uh, if not in your area or in the next area or whatnot. So those are the two, maybe the, maybe the two of the top reasons why a lot of um, new businesses fail. So, you know, entrepreneurs need to do their homework, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. so important. And so, you know, uh, I actually interviewed another guest who told me once that there's no such thing as failure, just learning experiences. And I'm sure, yeah, (laughs) from your experience, you learn quite a lot, which helps you as a coach when you're coaching uh, other entrepreneurs and whatnot. So I guess to turn these, um, these numbers around, business owners need to understand, you know, all the expenses that are involved in running a business, and they need to do their homework talk to other uh, business owners, similar business owners to the business they're trying to start. And so they can know all the nooks and crannies and the details. So 
Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that uh, advice. And uh, I'm curious now, obviously you've given us a lot of great life lessons that apply a lot to coaches and entrepreneurs and, and to others. But in addition to that, what other important life lessons have you learned yourself or from others? And this goes for everyone, not just entrepreneurs. Um, I think that the biggest life lesson I've learned is to enjoy every instance, every circumstance, every uh, everything you find yourself in. Um, appreciate the good in it. Appreciate the bad in it. Um, and like you said, everything's a life lesson. Everything is a learning opportunity. There is no failure. It is taking what you learned, what worked, what didn't work, remembering it, and making sure you can repeat the good, uh, try to avoid the bad, and uh, make the best of whatever situation is presented to you. And I've learned that through my entrepreneurship, and I've learned that through just everything that life hands you. Right. Wonderful. Um, So I think that's great advice. Um, Thank you so much for it. The uh, you know I'm all about trying to enjoy the journey, um, not mm-hmm. trying to wait to that I get to a certain destination to enjoy it. it. You know, as they say, happiness is a state of mind. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely believe that to be true. Um, thank you so much for that. And I'm curious, what um, what book recommendations do you have for folks? I just finished reading, I think for the second time. Um, start with why by Simon Sinek. Um, it is really, it speaks to the heart of being a, a, of a heart-centered entrepreneur. Um, I also think it would be great reading for consumers, anybody else that's not in the business realm, to understand why um, people do what they do, what, what makes people tick, uh, whether it be a nonprofit that they work for, a political organization, a business, uh, a church organization, there's a reason why people do what they do, and it's based in the experiences they've had and what they've taken from those experiences, how they've reacted, like you said before. Um, 90% of it is how you react in the situation. So I think his book really makes you see, yes, it's the business side, but you can see it from, it allows you to see it from both sides as a business owner and as a consumer, because we are we are all both of those things. We always go, you know, with even the yeah. person that owns McDonald's has to go shopping at a certain point. Um, mm. So, you know, it's it's a question of seeing things from both sides and having the empathy. And I think that his book kind of balances that and shows consumers what it's like to be a business person and how to think that way. And it allows business people to to think how a consumer might interpret the things that a business does. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I'm definitely going to check that book out. I've heard of of (laughs) the book and Simon Sinek and I, you know, so many people have actually suggested that book. So definitely it's time to read it and check it out. Thank you so much for that, uh, Jane. And can you, um, I'm curious, would you ever write a book yourself? I I, I think it would be great. (laughs) Um, well, yeah, it's coming down the road one day. I don't know when. I have to. I I have uh, a couple of projects in the works. Um, I did have a book that was released. I was a collaborative. Uh, it was a collaborative book. I was uh, an author of one of the, the chapters in there talking about resilience 
and um, one of my one of my topics one of my favorite topics to talk about is resilience, and mm. another one is is on belonging, and um, that's probably where my book, if I'm going to write a book about my life, that's probably what it's going to be about: belonging and acceptance. Okay, so uh, I apologize. Obviously, you've been a writer before. Um, yes. So. But uh, in terms of writing another book, it may take some time. Um, so, all right, I'm definitely going to check out the books you, you are you've written in uh, or you wrote, and um, definitely um, any new book that comes out definitely keep me posted. I'll be the first person <laughs> online to buy it. So, thank you. Least one customer. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> yes, you, you got to start somewhere. So, um, exactly, uh, exactly. I um I also wanted to know. Uh, would you ever start or create your own uh, podcast? I, I, I think it would be great. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've I've wrestled with it, and and I don't know. If there's, if I could get somebody to do the technical part for me, I'd do it mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Um, but I right. think I think you guys, you you you're doing a great job of it. So I think I think I'll leave it to you for now, and um, maybe one day down the road, when uh when I can have somebody do the technical part, I'm just so overwhelmed with with every every new platform and every new gizmo i don't i don't have the the brain capacity anymore to 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 learn so many different things um mm. so that would that's really my only hesitance doing it but yeah it's something well, i thought about all right wonderful well just so you know uh i think you'd make a great podcast host and i would listen to it so you have at least one person in the audience there you go okay. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, it's uh, it's not as um, hard or uh, to start a podcast. It's free to do with Anchor, and it's so so simple. Um, so you can use your microphone and your phone, uh, your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I've been getting by with. Uh, so not as hard as you think on the technological side. I think even someone in in grade school could, could figure <laughs> it out. And oh, easy so, a child can do it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's a lot easier than most people think. And um, the other thing is that um, you are right that being a guest on other shows or um, you know that I think goes a long way. I think uh, I, I spoke with one guest who said the magic really happens when you're a guest on other podcasts. So I, there's uh, definitely a lot of truth to that. So if you just continue doing that, you get a lot of the benefit. And um, but. Uh, I'll leave you with this though. So, um, there's a, a marketing guru named Seth Godin. Uh, he he he's mm-hmm. bald headed, wears glasses. You may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yes. He says um, everyone should have a podcast, and that podcasting is a new blogging. So something to consider, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, definitely. So um, Jane, I wanted to go ahead and thank you uh, for being a guest on the show. This has been a, an enlightening, educational, inspiring conversation. Can you um, go ahead and describe all the ways people can reach out and get in touch with you so they can use or if they know someone who can use your services or to put a dynamic center of influence to their network? Sure. Um, Well, they can visit me on my website. It's uh, www.janeparmel.com. Sounds just like it's – spells just like it sounds. Um, And I am on almost every form of social media under JP Biz Coaching. Um, so that's the, that's the best way to reach out with me, to me. And if they'd like, they could even shoot me an email, jane at janepalmel.com. Uh, love to, I'd love to meet everybody. I love to connect with people and find out how I can help you. And even if I can connect you to other people in my network, I love doing that. Wonderful. 
And thank you so much for that. I love being a connector as well. Something about being a matchmaker. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. And <laughs> excellent, excellent networking. Um, you are you are an anchor with uh, networking. You really just uh, jumped right on it and and uh, got people connected left and right. Really great, <laughs> a great, uh, a great testimony to the power of networking. Definitely. Thank you so much for the kind words. And um, and you've been a great guest, of course, and I'm sure you're a great coach as well. Um, so, again, um, I want to thank you for being a guest and to thank the audience for listening. Um, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Is there any last word or final send-off you want to tell people? Or? Luke, I, I again, I thank you so much for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, to anybody that's thinking of working with a coach, becoming a coach, whatever uh, – Entity that you're doing, uh, if I'd love to have a conversation, reach out to me. I, I'd love to meet you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Jane. And everyone have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcasts app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, if you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, so uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, that would be great. And if you can email us. So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.